Hello, witchy friends. Welcome to Cat Steen Witchcraft. My name is Fauna, and I am your host. This podcast is for those who are Wiccan, witches, and everything in between. Don't forget to follow the podcast social media pages at Cats Tea and Witchcraft on Instagram, Cats Tea and Witch on Twitter, and Cats Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to Cats Tea and Witchcraft and enjoy the episode. Hello, witchy peeps. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 110, and today's episode is on Ouija or Ouija boards. I hear both pronunciations, and I think the technical correct way to say it is Ouija board, but for some reason, I always hear it Ouija boards. So, You might hear me going back and forth between them depending on what I'm reading and just kind of how it comes and rolls off the tongue. So you might hear the back and forth from me saying it and just when you hear about them in general, you might hear the same thing or one or the other. Before we get into the topic of Ouija boards, today's crystal is hematite. The first book I have for today is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic starting on page 118. For hematite, folk name, volcano spit, energy, projective, planet, Saturn, element, fire, powers, healing, grounding, and divination. For magical or ritual lore, hematite is a strange stone. It is heavy, solid, and silvery black. Its name along is something of a mystery. To ancients, hematite was what we now know as bloodstone, so virtually all Magical information relating to hematite in old books refers to bloodstone. This hematite, though, when worked on a lapidary wheel, bleeds and produces strains that look much like blood, so that I'm told. Hematite is a fine, showy stone in Italy and elsewhere. It is fashioned into necklaces, which are sold as volcano spit. Magical information relating to this stone is scarce. Hematite possesses the curious property of healing itself. Make a small scratch on the surface of the stone, then rub your fingers over it. That scratch may disappear. For magical uses, hematite is said to be powerful in drawing illness from the body. As with all stones, it is held in the hands while visualizing, then placed on the skin directly over the afflicted area. A necklace of small stones can also be worn for healing. Hematite is worn for grounding and stabilizing purposes and to focus the attention on the physical plane. The next book I have is The Essential Guide to Crystals and starting on page 62. It says, Hematite for identification and care. Tumble stones are shiny, metallic, and heavy for their size. A rough sample is dull. Broken edges turn red and powdery when exposed to the air. It's brittle, so shatters easily if drop or struck. It also says, hematite, this commonly occurring mineral, has a high iron content, which usually found in rounded, kidney-shaped lumps. It was dug out of the world's first mines in Africa. It can be used to make a red pigment, which was once sought after as a sacred substance. Of all grounding stones, hematite is the most useful for bringing our awareness to the here and now. In a very small proportion of people, however, it has the opposite effect. 
In these cases, the reflective polished surface opens awareness to the hidden magical worlds of spirit. For magic, it says it conveys power in invulnerability and protects against all harm. For healing functions, supports the blood and circulatory system, reduces inflammation, boosts self-esteem, grounding and anchors us, and energizes all aspects of mind and body. And for keywords, energizing, empowering, and grounding. For the third book, Love is in the Earth, starting on page 316 for hematite, it says, Hematite crystallizes in the form of tubular and rhombohedral crystals, masses, columnar and granular shapes, plate-like layers, rosettes, and botryoidal configurations. The color range includes gray to black, brown red, and red, all with a metallic luster. Hematite can be called a stone for the mind. It helps one to sort out things in one's mind and can be used for mental attunement, memory enhancement, original thinking, and technical knowledge. It assists one in mathematical pursuits and in the development of both mental and manual dexterity. Although this stone enhances mental capability, it proves for a calming atmosphere and, in addition, encourages one to reach for the sun. It helps one to realize that the only limitations which exist are those self-limiting concepts within the mind. It is also capable of helping the body to remain cool or of dispelling heat at the physical level. One could use it on the forehead to draw out the heat from a fever or could take it as an elixir internally. I'm just going to say, side note right here, do not eat crystals. Do not consume things that you don't know what they are made out of or how it's going to affect your body. Okay, now moving on. It facilitates balancing of the yin-yang energies, utilizing, in addition, the magnetic qualities of the energy to balance the meridians within the body and to provide a stable equilibrium between the ethereal nervous system and the physical nervous system. It assists in the focusing of energy and emotions for balance between the mind, body, and spirit. It also assists in the dissolution of negativity, transforming the negativity in the dissolved state to the purity of the universal light of love. It can be used to stimulate the desire for and to facilitate the attainment of peace, self-control, and inner happiness. It is also conductive to enabling one to enter into a loving relationship. It has been said to attract kind love. It helps one to attain a soft meditative state, providing for smooth grounding and bringing tranquility and emotional clarity. It can be used in the treatment of leg cramps, blood disorders such as anemia, nervous disorders, and insomnia. It can be used to assist in spinal alignment in the proper healing of breaks and fractures, placing a piece of hematite on the base of the spine, on the area of misalignment, and on the top of the spine has provided adjustment to the vertebrae. Again, side note, don't technically use these as solutions to heal yourself or consume these things or anything that you really don't have enough background and knowledge on and how it's going to affect you um, because we are witches that believe in science. And I think even though we have magic and we have spirituality and we can have religion and magic, etc., we still need to think 
on a earthly matter, not just always in a spiritual sense. And if you use and think, say, hematite for an example, if you hold it and it makes you feel better, gets rid of headaches on occasion and stuff like that, whatever it may do for you, that was just a random example that I came up with off the top of my head, might not even be a valid one for this situation, but an example nonetheless, just be cautious. If you have extreme migraines, I would not rely on hematite to solve that. But if you just have a subtle one and you want to hold it to focus on the hematite and either distract you or maybe even the coolness might kind of help calm you down depending on the type of headache that it is, maybe. But for any situation, sometimes we do need to seek medical treatment. And the last book I have for today is Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondence and on page 230, Hematite. For Zodiac, Aquarius, Aries, and Capricorn, Solar System, Mars, Mercury, and Saturn. Day, Saturday. Elements, Earth, and Fire. Energy, Yang. Chakras, Brow, and Root. Number, Nine. Tarot, Judgment. Directions, Northeast and Southeast. For Issues, Intentions, and Powers. To Activate and Awaken. Adaptability. The Afterlife. Anxiety. Astral Realm. Attraction. Awareness. Balance. Calm. Clarity. Community, concentration and focus, confidence, courage, death, discipline, divination, dream work, energy, grounding, personal growth, happiness, healing, increase, intelligence, intuition, knowledge, light, limitations and boundaries, loss, manifestation, memory or memories, the mind, negativity, optimism, Power, pregnancy and childbirth, problems, protection, mental purification, the senses, stability, strength, stress, support, and willpower. So that is all I have for you today on the stone or crystal of hematite. Now on to today's topic of Ouija or Ouija boards. So, Ouija boards. They are loved and they are feared. You see them in movies, TV shows hear about them in occult and supernatural stories, but also we can see them in places that sell board games. Today, I want to go over the history, opinions, uses, and relevance to magic and occultism that Ouija boards or Ouija boards have. Like usual, I try to start with some definitions and starting with dictionary.com, it says Ouija board, trademark a board on which are marked the letters of the alphabet. Answers to questions are spelt out by a pointer or glass held by the fingertips of the participants and are supposedly formed by spiritual forces. The next one is also from dictionary.com. In just Ouija, it says a device consisting of a small board, a planchette, on legs that rests on a larger board marked with words, letters of the alphabet, etc., and that by moving over the larger board and touching the words, letters, etc., while the fingers of spiritualist mediums or others rest lightly upon it is employed to answer questions, give messages, etc. And the last one is from Britannica.com and it says used for a board that has the alphabet and other signs on it and that some people believe can be used to communicate with spirits of dead people. So those are three separate but very similar definitions but in the first one I did mention the word trademarked. Fun fact, Ouija board is actually a trademarked name 
for a specific type of spirit board. The spirit board is just kind of the overall concept of what it is, and Ouija boards is the name of the trademark game, not the devices themselves. There are various brands of talking or spirit boards that look similar or function similar, but Ouija or Ouija boards is the name of the most popular one that many of us are familiar with. The trademark of Ouija boards is currently owned by the company Hasbro. This is the same company that has the brands Tonka, Wizards of the Coast, and currently Power Rangers. So essentially the trademark holders of Ouija boards is a company that makes or has made some of our favorite games and toys that can be found in public and popular stores. I know in the past I think I've technically seen the boards in Walmart. I also mentioned a spirit or a talking board, which is essentially what a Ouija board is. And so Ouija boards is technically a form of, or kind of like a form of automatic writing that goes back, it says around 960 to 1100 CE in China, but has also been known to have been found in practice in other areas of Asia and the Mediterranean. And for the definition of automatic writing from Britannica, it says automatic writing in spiritualism, writing produced involuntarily when the subject's attention is directed elsewhere. The phenomenon may occur when the subject is in an alter waking state or in a hypnotic trance, usually during a seance. What is produced may be unrelated words, fragments of poetry, puns, obscenities, or well-organized fantasies. During the late 19th century, at the height of popular interest in the phenomenon, inspiration for automatic writing was generally attributed to external or supernatural forces. Since the advent around 1900 of theories of personality that postulate unconsciousness as well as conscious motivation, the inspiration for automatic writing has been assumed to be completely internal. So now for the history of Ouija boards. The Ouija boards were introduced to the world in the 1800s during and thanks to the spiritualism boom of the 19th century. With the influence of the Fox sisters, the mass deaths of the American Civil War, and high mortality rates and low life expectancies, many people at the time wanted to communicate with their loved ones who had passed. It was a phenomenon and a fad that wasn't just used by spiritualists and occultists, but the general public was also very interested as well. When they first came out, it doesn't seem that the boards had the same reputation as they do today. In the mid to late 1800s, the idea of talking boards emerged as an easier way to receive messages from the dead, but in 1886, a man named Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, and four other people created the Kennard Novelty Company and began marketing what we now know as today Ouija boards. From my research and also opinion, it was most likely an attempt at a cash grab to go along with the spiritual boom of the time and wanting to get some money out of those who were desperate to talk to their departed loved ones. One of the theories of where the name Ouija board came from was a session that they had with the board that proceeded to also tell them good luck at the end of their session. This was just one of the theories surrounding the stories of the origins of the name of the board, but that was one of the more fun stories. So if you guys want to look up some of the other stories, I will leave that homework up to you. According to the original board members, 
Bounder's descendants, to get the Ouija board patented, they had to prove that the board worked. It was taken to a patent office that they were going to get their approval from, and apparently it worked, and they received their patent. It was finally granted in February of 1891. Since then, it has been marketed as a mystical oracle and family entertainment, which is funny because I wouldn't imagine families just sitting around a coffee table having seances, but some people might. And its popularity boomed very quickly and became a staple of seances and as a tool to speak with the dead into the 20th century. So when did Ouija board's public view or opinion start to change? There are or were probably always groups and experiences that caused people to dislike Ouija boards due to various opinions and experiences, but very quickly, a little less or maybe around a century later after it being invented, there was a big change to the public opinions towards the board, and some of that and or a lot of that came from a popular horror movie that came out. The movie, The Exorcist. The movie was said to be so scary that people were passing out in the theaters while watching it. The inspiration for the movie was also based on a book of the same name and was based on a little boy called Roland Doe, but was later discovered that his real name was Roland Edwin Hunkler and was said to have been possessed. From the fun spiritual views of the boards over the various previous decades drastically changed and people started to dislike or fear Ouija boards more than ever before if they did. And it wasn't just in religious communities, but also non-religious communities and people became fearful of them. And it's kind of is similar to the opinions people have of them today. The board became associated with the devil and the fear about its usage spread and became associated with the negative opinion that people had of witchcraft at the time. But even to this day, the reputation and fear of Ouija boards can be seen anytime they are mentioned. Next, I just want to go over the idea of how do Ouija boards work and why do they work. The basics of just how a Ouija board is used is that the board is placed on a flat surface and along with the board is a planchette that one or many say preferably more than one person will place their fingertips on top of the planchette that will be placed on top of the board. And it is said that when this session is started, you keep your fingers on that planchette on the board until you finish the session. From there, you attempt to communicate with spirits and ask questions. From there, you supposedly may feel the planchette move and move towards the numbers and letters and words that are on the board. And when you are done with your session, you move and say goodbye. But do the boards really work? Is it just in our minds? Or is there someone in every group that just messes with everyone else? There are probably groups of people that really don't get results and probably do just mess with their friends. And maybe they are actually, or some people might get communication with spirits through the board. But there's also the belief that the reason we sometimes do get answers through any sort of divination in Ouija boards is that our subconscious mind is projecting its answers onto the board. This response is called the ideomotor effect or phenomenon. For definitions, it says the ideomotor phenomenon is a psychological phenomenon within a subject makes motions unconsciously. 
also called ideomotor response or ideomotor reflex, and abbreviated to IMR, it is a concept in hypnosis and psychological research. It is derived from the terms ideo, idea or mental representation, or and motor, muscular action. The phrase is commonly used in reference to the process whereby a thought or mental image brings about a seemingly reflective or automatic muscular reaction, often of minuscule degree and potentially outside of the awareness of the subject. As in responses to pain, the body sometimes reacts reflexively with an ideomotor effect to ideas alone without the person consciously deciding to take action. The effects of automatic writing, dowsing, facilitated communication, applied kinesiology, and Ouija boards have been attributed to the phenomenon. But in simple terms broken down, it might be our body and our subconscious projecting those answers out. And it might even be things that we already know or things we think we know that are being revealed to us in an altered state or a relaxed state. So what if it is the ideomotor effect that causes us to get answers from divination or boards? Does that mean it might affect our overall witchcraft or religious or spiritual experiences? Even if it does, is that so bad? Maybe that can help support the fact that many use divination as a guide instead of actually predicting the future or use for necromancy. I personally feel there is nothing wrong with us answering our own questions and trusting our own intuition. But for those who wish to speak to the dead, if it really is the ideomotor effect, that unfortunately might put a damper on their results or feelings towards it. But maybe the answers are a mix of our own subconsciousness. But Maybe occasionally, if we do have guides or spirits and deities and loved ones that do want to speak to us, maybe, maybe they do use different tools to give us messages. The next little snippet I have is just a couple things that I have heard and advice that people give prior to using Ouija boards. One says, don't forget to close your sessions without saying goodbye. Don't taunt or tease spirits. Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. Keep your hands on the planchette until the end of the session. Ask one question at a time. And some just say, don't use them at all. So with all the information that we've gone over today, even with additional research, I've interacted with a Ouija board once before and nothing happened. And it was not a cardboard one. It was like an old looking wood one. Um... But personally, I don't understand the horror and hype of Ouija boards. I do know people who have used them and haven't had any issues, while I know people who are uncomfortable with them and have stories from either their own use or from other people that they know. So, just like anything else, there is going to be a range of views and experiences. But that can happen in every aspect of our life. In my perspective, when you start tapping into any form of energy work, though, magic, etc., you should still proceed with caution. This may involve cleansing your spaces, using magic circles, and just taking other precautions. I myself have encountered ghosts or spirits without using Ouija boards and received messages, but like I said, it wasn't using a Ouija board. 
So you can still be reached out to or reach out yourself to spirits or encounter things accidentally. I live in an area that has a lot of American Civil War battlefields, so a lot of the places I have lived throughout the years have had a long history and a lot of energy surrounding them. Even though the homes themselves were not old, the areas and the buildings I worked in were. So depending on the experience, does the use of Ouija boards justify being cautious? Sure. Any sort of magic or spirit work should be not treated as a game. But I am not sure if it should have all the negative attention that they get though. I understand if some people have had their own bad experiences or know people who have had bad experiences, but most people who I know have never seen or touched or interacted with Ouija boards before, but they still hold these negative opinions, even if they don't know anyone that's actually used them or had a bad experience. They're just feeding onto the fear-mongering about the boards. So overall, if you believe that they work or not, or if they are something to fear or not, is up to you. Like everything we do in life, not just spiritual or witchcraft-based, not everybody has the same experiences or opinions. Everybody can try the same things and get different reactions or responses. If you are a witch and would like to try one, or you may have even used one before, or just someone that is interested in this topic and is not a witch, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thought that this would be a fun topic because historically has a little bit to do with spiritualism and technically deals with a form of divination, automatic writing kind of thing, and has a similar reputation and fear that is misunderstood just like a lot of the witchcraft that we do. And if this topic makes you uncomfortable, then don't use one. But it really doesn't benefit anybody else to spread fear for no reason just because you have maybe had your own bad experience or maybe have never tried one yourself. So this is all I have for you guys today on this topic. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to reach out to me, feel free to send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or you can send me an email at catsteaandwitchcraftpodcast at gmail.com. Like I say every week, I appreciate every single one of you and I will talk to you soon. Have a great one. Blessed be.